Good morning, Pine Lake Covenant Church. Part of our value here at Pine Lake is um, friendship, connection, and time together and getting to know one another. So I invite you now to a time of what we call our relational time, where we can come back and have some donuts and some coffee. And there's decaf if you're like me and you need that. Otherwise, you get a little excited. Um, and our relational question today, as we can ask each other and turn to each other, is what is your favorite Christmas tradition? So maybe find someone you don't know, turn to each other, have a little conversation. See you back here in about four minutes. All right, we can start making our way back to our seats with that beautiful song from Home Alone. Thanks, Chad. Uh, we started Home Alone, what was it, Bradley, a couple, like a week ago. We still haven't finished it yet. That's the world family way with movies. Uh, it was fun to hear some of the traditions and to share what those look like in each of our different family makeups. It was really great. Friends, we are now in week three of our Advent journey, and we are exploring the gift of Christmas here at Pine Lake Covenant Church and what the invitation looks like for us to open this gift. This morning, we are going to explore what it means to open the gift of good news, of great joy that is for all the people. Now, joy is all throughout scripture, but it essentially just magnifies and bursts out onto the nativity scenes, just exploding everywhere. It starts with the angel declaring to Zechariah, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at the birth of John the Baptist. Then when Elizabeth's relatives see her baby, they shared her joy. And Gabriel appears to Mary, and the first thing he says is hail. And hail means rejoice. And then when Mary and Elizabeth visit each other, Elizabeth's baby jumps in her room with joy. And then Mary sings her song, my soul exalts the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. When the wise men saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That's a whole lot of joy going on. And then a host of angels proclaimed to the shepherds, do not be afraid. We bring you good news of great Joy. So many expressions of Christmas joy all over the first few chapters in the Gospels. We all express joy differently. Now, this video was shared with permission before I begin. When Bradley was a baby, and without all the words that he has now, so many words, <laughs> he expressed his Christmas joy like this. Wait for it. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently when they were rolling this, they had it up so loud and it like burst everyone's eardrums. And it does, it bursts your eardrums. But Bradley is our joy child. And he, this literally is Bradley being joyful. This is not an upset tantrum child. So I would be in grocery stores carrying my child around and if he was joyful, it was like, Wah! I know and I, people would come up to me and be like, is he okay? I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so much joy. And this is the expression I want us to hold in our hearts today as we talk about the shepherds. So on your seat, you may have noticed a note card. card and as we enter into the shepherd's journey and their expression of joy um, and their invitation to come close to God, you are invited to reflect with me as we go through this story of where you are in the journey, kind of as outlined in the card. And at the end, I will explain a little bit more to you. If you don't have a card, there are plenty, so you just maybe need to raise your hand and swap around a little bit in your seats, okay? So let's start in our story at the beginning, 
a very good place to start (laughs) with with Luke 2, 8 to 9. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Let's just pause there for a minute. I was talking to Pastor Mark the other day and exclaiming how used to this story I am. After 40-some years of hearing it, it had just kind of lost its awe. It almost had become trite to me. Shepherds, fields, angels, they sing a song, yada, yada, yada. But as I begin to zero in on the story this week, this moment is anything but yada, yada, yada. Verse 9 says that an angel of the Lord appeared to them. So this is just one angel, for starters. They're kind of like breaking it, breaking him in, right? Maybe it was Gabriel. Maybe he finally broke out of that pregnancy division that we talked about. And an angel appears to them, and it says the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, the primary Hebrew word for glory is kabod. And this word is weighty and a beautiful word to describe the glory of God. When we first returned home from Africa, one of our first vehicles was like an old 1970s Maverick. Yeah. It has seen better days, but it had four wheels and a V8 engine. So we were very excited about it. But my parents, being super Christians, missionaries, uh, pastors, and Hebrew Greeks, decided to name it Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. So if you end up with like a mangy dog for a pet or something, this is a great name idea. Uh, probably not suitable for children. <laughs> Kabod means glory, and this root word stems from, um, the root of it stems meaning heavy or weight. Uh, this word in its Greek version, doxa, is understood as the magnificence, the worth, the loveliness, the grandeur of God. Kabod also refers to the work of God, his power, his judgment, his salvation, but it often refers to literally as God's manifestation of himself, God's actual presence. Now, this understanding of glory is unmistakable in the events in our Old Testament scriptures in the Exodus. When God appeared to Moses on Mount Sinai, God did so in a cloud of glory. God's glory rested on the mountain, and it was like a consuming fire. Israel could see the glory of God all around them, but they were instructed not to come near the mountain, to the foot of the mountain, for the weight, the fullness of God's glory was too much to take in and they would die. They could encounter the glory of God around them, but not draw close to him. They could see the glory of God, but not hold it. They could tremble at the manifestation of God's presence, but not be with God's presence. So close, but... So God wanted to get even closer to his people. And as Israel covenanted to walk with God through the wilderness, God promised that he would bring his presence to go with them and around them. And he allowed his glory then to reside with them in the Ark of the Covenant. Probably not what we think of when, you know, the Indiana Jones movie. Probably way more glorious than this. And later also his presence went with them in the tabernacle, which was the traveling temple. And maybe you know the word Shekinah glory would fill that place. But there were also specific boundaries and rules and regulations around holding the ark, handling the ark, approaching the tabernacle. You could be around the glory of God, but not near or with. Even Moses could enter the tabernacle, but when he did so, he had to walk in backward. 
So when they came to the promised land permanently, God again said, I want to be close to you. And he allowed his glory, his presence to be with them through the inner court of the temple. Only a high priest could go inside. And again, in only a very certain way. God is close, but not with. So God is near and around his children. They could encounter him, but there were these rules and there were veils and there were clouds and fire. No one could really fully behold his glory. The glory was grand and earth-shaking, heavy, weighty, majestic, imposing, for it is the almighty God himself. Now, take all that and fast forward to our shepherds. Not priests, ordinary humans, very ordinary, kind of the ostracized of society. They maybe would have been the first for the pilot, dirty jobs of Jerusalem. They handled sheep all the time, a dirty job, which means they could never fully quite do all the ceremonial cleansing rituals in order to go to the temple. So we're talking about people who could rarely, if ever, go even near the glory of God in the temple. And now an angel appears. The kabod, the glory of God, comes and shines around them. Think about this. That same glory from Sinai, the same glory of the altar, the Shekinah glory that filled the temple, were all around the shepherds. Now they could be near God, and now God comes very, very near to them. And now remember, though, Luke says they were terrified. Absolutely they would be. And this isn't just some, like, Clark Griswold light show. This is (laughs) the presence of God was surrounding them, and they encountered God around them. Now what happens next? The angel speaks to them. Now God is speaking to them. This is amazing. So the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So now, We not only have one angel and the glory of God, but we have a host of angels. How many angels make a host, you know? I didn't either. The Greek word for host is strachia and refers to heavenly bodies. In other words, a host was compared to the stars in the sky. So if we compare one host to the stars in the sky, how many would hosts, plural, be? How many would a multitude be? Let's see, one plus one plus two plus some common core math, which helps nobody ever. (laughs) And we have a whole lot of angels. So now the shepherds are in this dazzling, puzzling, brilliant display of grandeur and luminosity, declaring glory to God. And the angels left. The glory of God was around them, thickly near them, declared to them and saying to them, they encountered God's presence. This is great joy for sure. But they couldn't touch it. They couldn't hold. They couldn't enter in. Because it says they were terrified. I'm sure they weren't even looking. They are probably flat on their face, shaking and trembling on the ground. Not even able to see the glory of God. And yet, they were not told to remain at a distance. But they were invited to come closer. They were extended an invitation 
to draw near and get closer because God is coming closer. So the angels invite the shepherds to go see the Messiah, a savior born to you. They say you will find him in a manger and they look at each other and they say, dude, (laughs) did you see that? (laughs) That was lit slay. What do we say? What do they slay? Slay. Angels are legit. Actually, that's more my 90s time, probably. <laughs> and, then the and then they said, let's go. <laughs> they did. They said, let's go to Bethlehem. Sorry, that's another thing. <laughs> this is a fault of a youth pastor. We have to like put all these cool things in there. They say, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that happened, which the Lord told us about. And they went and to see. Luke 2.15 says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord told us about. Okay, so they encountered God around them, and now they are choosing to explore God. Let's go see. This is indeed the next step of faith in the life of disciples, isn't it? Maybe we have encountered the glory of God, the presence of God in some way. Maybe the glory of God has been around us, near us, in and out of our life in moments where we sense presence of God, big, small, maybe in wisps and whispers, but maybe we have never actually drawn closer. This is your invitation today. Investigate. Begin a journey toward Jesus. What have these encounters been about? What has this presence been about? What are these coincidences that keep happening? Is this good news for me? The three words, let's go see, may be the most important three words you will ever say. Let's go see. So they encounter God, they explore God, and now they're going to experience God. So the shepherds move from exploration to experience. They journey toward Jesus, and then they meet Jesus. Verse 16 says, They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in a manger. They find Mary and Joseph. They find Jesus, some farm animals too, and apparently some drummer boy who thought it was really appropriate to bang really loudly in Mary's exhausted face and wake up her baby. (laughs) Um, The little drummer boy, just so you know, is not in the Bible because you have to watch me sometimes. I make up stuff when I preach that's not in the Bible. All right. So the shepherds accepted the invitation to come see Jesus and they found Jesus. They heard the news first. They encountered God's presence around them. They decided to explore. What's this about? Let's go see. And now they receive the good news of great joy for them as they experience God with them in the person of Jesus. I wonder if they touched his cheek. I wonder if they leaned in close and felt Yahweh's breath on their face. I wonder if they held them, held him, because they are now, whether they really understood it or not, in the very presence of God. They were now literally holding the kabod, the Shekinah glory, the presence of God in their arms. How close to the glory, how close to the presence of God they have now come. The entire weight of kabod is wrapped up in flesh and moved into the neighborhood. So close. God is so close. God is here. Now without boundary. God is here. Now without veils and curtains. God is here. Now without purification, 
rituals. No more clouds and fire and walking in backward. Just the mist in their eyes as they behold him face to face with the burning wonder of being invited to experience God with them. God is so close. Again, friends, the entirety of scripture is a story of God moving toward humanity. Having lost original intimacy, God sets out on a mission to get closer and closer and closer. God is here in Christ with us in the flesh to experience God reveals himself to us in Jesus. And this may be the most important thing that you need to hear today, is that God is revealed in Christ. God wants to reveal himself to you. God is here, and God is near. And he wants to be close to you, and he wants to know you. So what happens next to our shepherds after experiencing God with them? The shepherds, filled with joy and wonder, left Bethlehem, And kept it all to themselves. What a gift just for me. Yes. No. Okay. I'm really getting my scriptures all messed up today. You have to watch me. Maybe this ordination thing isn't going to work out for me after all. (laughs) No. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured these things in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard. Now, what's the one gift you have a hard time sharing? I think if it were for me, it would be if someone made me a really, really good Marion Berry homemade pie. I don't think I'd share it. Sorry. Just not that holy. I would struggle. <laughs> Anna doesn't want to share pizza. Bradley doesn't want to share prime hydration drinks. And Rob does not want to share the garlic shrimp scampi. So when you go on dates and there's an appetizer and you order it and there's just two of you and there's five shrimp scampies, we have to ask ourselves, is this going to break the marriage? And I just want you to know I've decided that Rob always gets the fifth shrimp. (laughs) All right, but for the most part, right, when we receive a gift that's great and magnificent and wondrous, it is a natural desire within us to share it. To share the joy. It is natural for us to experience something glorious and sing it then loud and clear for all to hear and give exaltations of this wondrous experience. So the shepherds then experiencing the glory of God, the presence of God with them in Christ, express this in their joy, praising and exalting God. Sharing the news then with everyone that God was not only with them, but with you. They couldn't help it. They were bursting out from this experience and sharing it with the world. They went from let's go see to have you seen? Let's go see, I've seen, have you seen? Wow, that's amazing. One of my favorite verses in Acts says, As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have just seen and heard. We cannot help speaking about what we saw and heard. We can't help it. Their joy had to be expressed. So they encountered God, they explored God, they experienced God, which led to expressions of exaltation and evangelism. Joy, sharing their faith, is the overflow of our experience with God. But maybe today, like the psalmist says, we too are needing to pray the words, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Maybe that's where we are.
My mom and I had the opportunity to lead a women's conference in Yangon, Myanmar, about eight years ago. We were told to bring the gospel. I actually said yes to this and then had to Google Myanmar. I didn't even know where it was. <laughs> now we know where it is. We went to this place that we had never been before. We said, what would be the gospel here? What is good news to 150 Burmese Buddhist women? The Spirit told us that every time we talked about God, to use the word, the living God. The women had no concept of a living God. A God that is very much alive and active and working in the world and in human hearts. So we laid out the good news. We shared how close God was to his children at creation, around them, with them, breathing life into them. How his children rebelled, and in their fear and shame, they hid from the living God. How the living God then went out seeking and looking for his lost children. We shared how sin caused a rupture in this withness relationship, and there was now separation. And instead of intimate withness, there was distance. And God's children needed to be reconciled. We shared how the living God made a way to be with them as near as he could in clouds and fires and tents and temples. We shared how the living God covenanted to one day be with them more closely forever. We shared how the living God made a way to do this through his son Jesus. How the living God became flesh and dwelled among them. How the living God was killed and rose again on the third day. And his, in his triumph over sin and death and darkness, he has forgiven our sins and reconciled his children back to his heart. How the living God then once again breathed his spirit into their souls and made them alive and received as they received his spirit. How very close the living God is to indwelling hearts by faith. And then how the living God will come again and bring them home to be with him forever. This was the message we brought in four days. The women sat there. They listened. They encountered the living God in a mighty way. And 40 women gave their life to Jesus. Friends, the joy on their faces were purely radiant. Because they have been worshiping a dead God, sending their hopes and prayers to a God who doesn't see them, who doesn't know their name, who isn't close at all. He isn't intimately alive and active in them, breathing glory in their life. They were worshiping a God distanced and blocked and surrounded by rules and religious veils and demanding stairways to heaven that they would never be able to reach, sitting in such spiritual agony and sorrow. But these women who said yes... They came out of that despair and they received the good news of the greatest joy when they met the living God who was so close to them, who was so near them and in them and within them. And there was such a massive expression of joy and praises and exaltations on their faces. Now, I've been able to visit three times since, and their joy continues to permeate their very expression of worship. Through devastation on their country, hunger, And ruin their joy held. Because the living God was with them. And now they had the spirit of the living God dwelling in them. So different than the lifeless idols they worshipped before. And like the shepherds, they didn't keep this gift to themselves. It was bursting from them. They expressed their faith. They shared the good news of great joy. And the church continues to rapidly multiply. I just got an email this morning. And I am seeing standing room only in this building. Even as they face persecution and death for doing so. The joy of salvation. 
As I think about their joy of salvation, I consider the moments when joy is least accessible to me is when I forget how desperately I need Jesus. Where would I be without God with me? Where would I be without his spirit within me, guiding me, leading me into all truth, washing me in mercy, form-fitting me with grace for each day, sustaining me with peace, anchoring me with hope? Jesus, my faithful friend, where would I be without God with me? This morning, we part with a few simple invitations in a way to respond to the shepherd's story in a manner that maybe God is inviting you to this day. I will invite the worship team up at this moment. There are four different ways to sit and reflect on what God is saying to you this morning. Perhaps you've never encountered God in any way at all. And today is a day you may say, I want to experience what the shepherds experienced. And so your prayer today is, I just want an encounter. God, reveal something. Reveal yourself to me. Be around me. That's a great prayer to pray. And I'm going to tell you, I have had friends who I said, pray this prayer and God will always reveal himself to you. If that is you on your card, you can circle encounter as your prayer response. I'm asking God for an encounter today. Now, perhaps you've encountered God around you in big or small moments of glory. You've sensed that God's presence is near, around, but today you want more than just aroundness. And you want a journey with the shepherds. God is inviting you to then explore. Use these words. Let's go see. What is this all about? Take one step closer to investigate. Begin walking toward Jesus to find him. Meet with a Christian friend. Ask some questions. Find a Bible app. Dig into the living word of God and explore. If that is you today, then you can circle explore. I'm going to keep asking questions. I'm moving toward toward Jesus as a way of a prayerful response. And maybe you have encountered God around you. You've been exploring and journeying toward Jesus, but you've been keeping a safe distance, even though God is coming so close to you. Hear this invitation today. Come all the way in. Come all the way in. Come to Jesus. Experience the closeness of God with you and God within you and be reconciled back to God, saved by his grace, made possible to you by the death and resurrection of Jesus. If this is where you are today, to make that decision, circle experience on your response of faith and pray. I'll instruct you on that in a minute too. Now, perhaps you've already made that choice and you have come to Jesus and you've seen and you believe and you're walking with him and you're experiencing this in your life, but you are in need of the joy of your salvation to be restored to you. To find that God is not just around you, but within you, to well up a joy inside of you. God is inviting you this day to receive his spirit fresh anew. To be filled with the fullness of God in you to the brim with joy. If that is where you are, I'm inviting you to to circle express. I want that. I'm ready for that. Or maybe you've been walking strongly in the spirit and you've been experiencing the indwelling of Christ in you, but you've been keeping this gift of joy to yourself. Who is it that God is inviting you to share like the shepherds, the overflow of your experience with God with? Who needs Jesus today? You can write their name on the card.
So as we sing this song, I invite you to reflect. I invite you to pray. I invite you to make room for the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do in you this day. And you can respond. And when you're done, you can come up and you get to lay it in the manger as a symbol of God with you. He is here in our midst. And then go and pray. I have four stations for prayer. People ready and willing to pray with you if you've made a decision in any of these places this day. Let me pray for us. Father, we are ready to come close to you. You have come close to us. You are not at a distance. You are not shielded. You have made yourself vulnerable in the form of a human, and you've come to us to be so close. And so we are accepting that invitation today to come closer to you, Jesus, to experience what it is to have you with us and within us, changing our lives and changing the world. Come and speak to us, God. We are listening. In the name of Jesus, amen.